Blog Talk Radio. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <gasps> I'm as tired as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Cancer Show, Matthew Zachary. Monday, February 1st, 2010. And welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adults with cancer. We are your friendly neighborhood weekly social webcast, finally giving that voice to nearly 5 million young adults affected by cancer. Got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living. Because the Stupid Cancer Show is on the air. Welcome to tonight's broadcast, my friends. We are here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. And share all of our collective craftness. This broadcast is a program of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation, one of the nation's leading grassroots advocates for the next generation of survivors and co-survivors. You see, it's all about us, folks, and we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight and sticking it to a system that's ignored us for far too long. You see, the past three decades of cancer progress have failed the next generation, so there's no reason to think the next 30 will be any different unless change happens right here, right now. Join us and be that change that needs to happen. Hell, we invented Google, Facebook, Twitter. We kept Sanjaya on American Idol all those weeks. We can do anything we want. This is Generation Cancer. It is our fight and our duty to give back to our own. We have the sheer numbers, the voting power, and the influence to change these rules because remission is not an excuse for cure, and survivorship is all that matters. Last week's show, Young Adults Unite, with Allie Ward on our Survivor Spotlight. We love you, Allie. And from the uh, Lance Armstrong Foundation, Andy Miller, the Executive Vice President of Missions, and Kelly Craddock, the director of the Livestrong Young Adult Alliance. Tonight's show, Cosmetics, Friend or Foe, Can Lipstick Give You Cancer? To quote Kara Rosenthal. In our spotlight, survivor Dana Laurie, young adult survivor of pituitary carcinoma. Fabulous story, a brilliant young author and writer, entrepreneur. Returning champion Stacey Malkin, young adult cancer advocate, communications director at the campaign for Safe Cosmetics. And Janice Cox joining us. Natural beauty and at-home beauty expert, author of A Natural Beauty at Home, and the co-author of Eco Beauty. So hello, my friends, and welcome to yet another fun, filled exciting romp through the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show. And a Stupid Cancer welcome to all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Coming at you live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan, I'm your host, 
Matthew Zachary, a 14-year young adult pediatric brain cancer survivor, joining us live in the studio. As always, our fabulous broadcast production assistant, young adult survivor, Amanda Freeman, who is not near the microphone. I was typing to one of our new guests online. Fine. You're allowed to do your job. Joining Amanda and I, we've got our chief cancer anarchist, Jack Buffard. Hello, Jack. Hi, Maddie. You know my... All right, I'll get, I'll get to that later. What? Jack will be monitoring our live concurrent interactive chat room. So if you have some, any issues uh, with the show, take it up with him. There's a chance. With the show, not issues with me. No, not issues. Well, issues with Jack or the show. There's a chance he just might listen. And, of course, please welcome my partner in crime here on the Stupid Cancer Show, hailing right here from New York City, young adult survivor, acclaimed journalist, former deputy editor of TV Guide and former entertainment news correspondent, for the Fox News Channel, we forgive her, the lovely and talented Lisa Bernhard. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. Thank you. Great to be here. We have and another guest in studio, we, yes, too. Yes, we have to announce our special in-studio guest. Uh, Amanda brought a friend. Uh, this is Claire. Claire, would you like to say hello to the world? Hi. In closer, Claire. Yeah, we got to. Hi. We'll Hi. make you radio-friendly sooner or later. It's not me. You can lean in a little closer. Oh, my goodness. It is you. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Please don't judge us. Uh, I was going to say before that... Um, we can't ask that of anybody. No, certainly. <laughs> I was going to say that, that Maddie is just something that I've never been called Maddie. And I don't, oh, boy. I know Jack's going to town with this one. I just wrecked it. And everyone in the chat is going to start calling me Maddie from now on. I just know that. Yeah, there was one person, uh, Baby127, said Maddie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, baby, BB. BB127, my lovely pregnant wife of 21 weeks. You've been married 21 weeks? <laughs> yes. Congratulations. And pregnant. they're, all, they're and already, she's already pregnant? Right, Wait, yes. did I say that the wrong way? You said your lovely pregnant wife of 21 weeks. Oh, <laughs> my lovely wife who is pregnant of, in 21 weeks. Wait, they were, they Wait so fast. she will be pregnant in 21 weeks. <laughs> you were planning it So she'll there. be 42 weeks <laughs> pregnant with one pregnancy. Uh, I'm, I'm confused. Oh, my goodness. No, my, yeah, my wife is the only one that allows to call me Maddie as like a, like a, like, what do I call that? Like stupid talk that couples have? Pillow talk? Like Google baby talk. talk, yeah. yeah. Google baby Romance? Talk. Oh, wait, no, that's ours. Yeah. Um. But no, seriously, in sixth grade, I had this really odd gym teacher named Mr. Schuler, and he was the only person in history that I allowed to call me Maddie because he never stopped. I just, I'm not a Maddie. I don't know. I don't get it. It's just it's a term of a name of endearment, though. I don't Obviously, know. which is it's, why your wife calls you that. Is it short for door Maddie? Floor Maddie. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, you know what you guy—you know what you call a guy with no arms and no legs? No, Matt. <laughs> you realize there's some like quadriplegic out there that hates you now. Check, please. Is this the yeah. week I finally get to leave? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is Amanda signing off, so I'm going to turn it over oh. back to Jack. Oh yeah. my God. Oh dear. You guys Lord. are on your own tonight. <clears throat> so anyway, what have we got so going on new? this week? I have no idea. What's oh, we can tell we can tell about Jack's idiot story of going to almost going to Colorado and not, not going realizing. to Colorado. No. Jack was. Should, uh, should I tell the story? Oh God, I, I would advise to make it brief if that's at all possible. Yeah, I can make it brief. All right, go ahead. You can. So anyway, yes. Really? Okay. If, if you allow me to speak, you're, you're taking up my time. <laughs> I'm, watch, I'm watching my second hand. Go. Yeah, Matt's watching his pimp hand. Um, yeah. So anyway, I get a call last week. A friend of mine from Colorado asked me to help him out on this uh, business venture that he's uh, taken up, and he said that he wants me to come out there. Uh, for the first and the second. 
So I said, okay. And he said, I'll call you Sunday with your flight information because, you know, he's booking my flight and all I have to do is show up at the airport. So Sunday morning comes around. Oh, I tell Matt that I'm not going to be around for tonight's show. I tell friends and family I'm going to Colorado. For and we were rejoicing, days. by the way. Yeah. In fact, they had a, a party, uh, like, a, like a he's gone party for me set like up. Like Jack's not in coming the to the show? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, Why so, do you think I made a point to be here this week after I skipped town last week? It's about time you made a point that was relevant. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, like I was saying. I uh, I wake up Sunday morning and you know like my typical nine thirty ten o'clock and uh, I'm like okay well I don't have a message from him yet so I'll just hang out until I get the call that says you know my flight's at this time or whatever so like eleven o'clock rolls around and I'm like I, I don't I, you know I haven't heard from him yet so I sent him a text message and said what's oh, going sorry. on sorry I was like sorry my head I had nodded off a thing keep going really that's <laughs> weird because usually you nod off when Matthew's speaking. But anyway, that's not important right now. Will you finish your story? Go ahead. So I get... We're losing the crowd. I send him a text message at like 11 o'clock that's like, what's, like, what's the deal with getting, uh, getting me out there today? And he writes me back. He goes, it's not today. The training's March 1st and 2nd. No! So... <laughs> Holy crap! I was like, okay. But in my defense, if I have one for being a moron, I wasn't packed. I made like no effort to like, you know, prepare leaving my home for, for a few days. So it was just like, oh, okay, cool. So I guess I'll be home this weekend. Can I can I back? I can't help myself. Should we do the Pee Wee Big Shoe dance? I love that. Oh yeah, um, no, because that's Leah's dance, and that's like proprietary. Uh... Can we back just back up to the beginning of the story? Yes, I do. Somebody hired you to be a business consultant. I know. Go back to that. <laughs> what, what business is this? <laughs> okay. He's uh, putting on a moronathon and yeah. needs an inspiration. <laughs> So, I'm around a fan. I love so it. anyway, so I will not be here for the March 1st show, but I will be able to call in because he said I would have Monday night free. So, All right. Well, that's fair. So I apologize to anybody who uh, will be in studio that night that I will not be here. But then again, we'll probably have a sold-out crowd that night because I'm not here. So we're getting questions in the chat about the Oscars. Not the Oscars, the, uh, the Grammys. The Grammys. Which I didn't watch. I watched I, it. Actually, no, I watched, that you are. I watched the Michael watch. Jackson tribute, which I thought was fantastic. It was fantastic. Well, Matthew's only into all the awards they hand out, like, the day before. The ones that like nobody the, sees? The technical the awards? Tech, the, like the, ones the, tech- for, for the ones that, for people that are actually talented. The real talented, hardcore awards that nobody, none of the viewers care about watching. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The producers. Well, you're a musician. That makes yes, sense. exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, I know. Well, Gaga and Pink... got... Uh, was Pink the one spinning and spinning dripping? Spinning like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, yeah. Spinning and dripping. Spinning and dripping. And while singing, mm-hmm. that went over big. Gaga and Elton. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but Elton always seems to just glom onto whatever's the hottest act now. They just drag him out, and he's he, was he in like a zebra outfit or something? What was he? His no, he face was, was his, painted. Well, yeah, he because had these like big the whole on. premise was like Gaga did like like the first half of the routine solo, and then she right. goes into this big pit of fire. And then her and Ellen came out together, like looking like they were just covered in ash and like just crawled oh, out of like a fire pit. I got it exactly. I have no idea what you're talking about. I like I'm sure it's not the, the first time Elton John's been painted in something, though. <laughs> oh, no. I liked some of the crappier performances, like the auto-tuned, kind of canned uh, Jamie Foxx Blame It. Yeah. Blame It on the Alcohol. Nobody else liked that but me. That song that? is proof that anybody with a speaking spell can can put out a, a hit song. Have you seen this, that they're, they're starting to auto-tune like Obama's speeches? I have not. I have to find this on YouTube because it's just... it's. It's hysterical. If anyone out there doesn't know what autotune is, just think of Cher's song, Do You Believe in Life After Love, and how the, her voice goes all digital. Yeah, and that's different. my karaoke song. Uh, 
here, Obama auto tune on YouTube here. Uh, let, let's see. Did you Blame see Taylor Swift singing with her grandmother? I mean, uh, Stevie Nicks. Here, let's see if this works here. This is Obama on auto tune off of YouTube. One more item. Uh, this is a from Jimmy to Kimmel. iPhone owners. There's a new iPhone app, which is short for application, called IMT Pain. T Pain is uh, the popular music star. It uses something called Auto Tune. Auto Tune was developed. I'm not sure how long ago, but apparently there was a time in this country when, in order to become a singer, you had to know how to sing. And uh, weird, right? That's not the case anymore, thanks to Auto Tune. And a lot of the people use it, but uh, Master T—I mean Master T—what's uh, his name? T Pain is the master. <laughs> All right, so let's forward up to the Obama. Uh, to try it out on the president, and here it is, T-Pain with Obama auto-tune. You got to listen to this. So, Mr. President, what would your health plan do for America? It provides health insurance to people who don't have it. Well, that sounds good, Mr. President, but i uh, tell you what, it could sound a whole lot better. Hey, thanks. Basically, we've got 80% agreement. we got 80% agreement. Oh. 37 million Americans who don't have any health insurance at all. No health insurance at all. I'm not the first president to take up this cause, but I am determined to be the last. Determined to be the last. <laughs> all right, you got it. That's a gist. That's auto tune. That's funny. So, yeah, just going back to the. I got a convention. Imagine how cool my, my stammering through the news would sound if I <laughs> auto tuned it. Bouffard. <laughs> I loved it. Stammering? Stammering is Prolonged? doing you justice. Stammering of news? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Imagine me doing like, already, the live on kit with the oh no, with that auto tune. All right, here's some news. This is if you want to talk about what really pissed me off this week. Goldman Sachs, oh who yeah, was, was warned by the government. You know, apparently Goldman Sachs didn't need the bailout money, but the government forced them to take it. But regardless, you know, the the whole idea of you know, it's not just Obama. I think the fact that these rich douchebags take all these huge salaries and there's starving people in the streets in this country. I'm not sounding like a tree-hugging hippie, but it just doesn't make any sense that this guy, what's his name? Um, uh, Lloyd really Blank, Blankfine. Lloyd Blankfine of Goldman Sachs is getting a $100 million bonus. Wow. For, for 2009. Yeah, but if you look at it this way, he's, he has to give like 40% in taxes. So You think so? I don't think so. You don't think so? These nope. guys, these guys have offshore accounts and everything. They oh yeah, pay. that was on sixty minutes a few weeks they ago. They don't pay with, like, Swiss accounts. You saw the movie The Firm. Everything's in the Caymans. That's true, including Tom Cruise. <laughs> but he really wants to be auto-tuned to be. And a you can't star. dive and fly <laughs> within the same twenty-four hours. Exactly. But then again, those of us who had Blio can't dive anyway, so oh, that, that doesn't uh, really matter. That that is absolutely true. All right, well let's uh, let's let's get to the news after this slightly useless chatter that we've been having, meaningless conversation. Uh, but we got a lot of great stuff coming up on the news here, and I'm just going to turn it over to Jack. Yay. Here we go. Alrighty. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Eye on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Alrighty, during this part of the Stupid Kansas Show, we watch Jack Buford stammer through a series of special announcements to let our listeners know about a whole bunch of stuff you might otherwise not know about. And we don't want you missing out on free young adult special events like conferences, happy hours, retreats, scholarships, support groups, music concerts, and more. So if you have something coming up that you'd like our audience to know about, please fax it to us at 877-794-6902 or email jack at jack at i2i.com. 
All you, bro. Thank you, Maddie. First up, head on over to events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is the official social calendar of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. We have happy hours coming up in San Fran and Philly. So head on over to events.i2y.com to see something going on in your area. Attention young adult survivors in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is proud to present their Lone Star Blood Cancer Conference Saturday, February 27th at the UT Southwestern Medical Center. This is a free event with limited seating. And to register for this event, please call the Dallas LLS at 800-800-6702. Yaks of CC is a young adult survivor support community made possible by our friends at Smith Farm. Join them on the first Tuesday of the month for various group events and wellness activities. On February 18th, Lisa Goldstein will be presenting the First Assess program and showing the camp documentary at the February meetup. I will be there, along with the fabulous Tamika Felder of Tamika and Friends, the somewhat fabulous Johnny Emmerman of Emmerman Angels, and Mr. Hanson himself, Brad Ludden of First Ascent. All events are held at Smith Farm, and for more information, please call 202-483-8600 or email yaksofdc at gmail.com. Also happening on February 18th, Matthew Zachary will be keynoting at the I2Y Insurance Boot Camp for Young Adults. Everything you need to know, but we're too afraid to ask or too poor to consider because you're in insurance debt hell. This insurance boot camp is being held at the NYU Langone Medical Center in New York City. March 19th and 20th in Washington, D.C., the National Brain Tumor Society is presenting their patient and family conference at the Washington Marriott. Learn more about the latest research on brain tumor causes, treatments, and coping strategies. Make connections with others in the brain tumor community. Take part in brain tumor advocacy and attend a a performance by singer-songwriter David M. Bailey. For more information regarding this conference, head on over to Braintumor.org. Are you a young adult survivor who would like to begin an exercise program? If so, the National Cancer Institute is funding survivors step into motion. For more information regarding this program, contact Santina Horowitz at 401-793-8124. A research team at Rice University is investigating the positive and negative experiences that childhood cancer survivors have at work. Previous research has shown that childhood cancer survivors probably face difficult circumstances that may make employment more difficult for them, but we aren't sure exactly what those are. If you were diagnosed before the age of 18 and are now older than 18 and working full or part-time, please let us know about your workplace experiences by going to i2y.rice.edu and filling out the online survey. There's no such thing as a typical experience, and yours can be a a valuable one in trying to find a solution. Again, it's i2y.rice.edu. Head on over to 70k.org. That's the word 70, the letter k.org. There are approximately 70,000 people aged 15 to 39 diagnosed with cancer every year. For over two decades, there has been little or no improvement in survival for this age group. By signing this bill, you are supporting the Adolescent and Young Adult Cancer Bill of Rights to be established as a standard for care to meet this underserved population. Young adult groups that are active and running at cancer care are as follows. Living with cancer, life after cancer, young adults lost of a parent, young women with breast cancer, young adult individual grief counseling, and young adult caregiver for all diagnoses and relationships. For more information on cancer care programs, check them out at cancercare.org. Our friends at First Descent are excited to announce their 2010 camp schedule. Head on over to firstdescent.org to check out the dates and locations 
for both the climbing and the kayaking camps. Camp Make a Dream has their 2010 schedule on their website. Their website is campdream.org. They are offering retreats for teenagers, young adults in treatment, young adult survivors, ovarian cancer uh, survivors, a sibling camp, a heads-up conference, and a women's cancer retreat. So again, head on over to campdream.org. Announcing Surviving Idol. Young adults with cancer expressing themselves. To support the efforts of the 8th Annual National Young Adult Cancer Awareness Week, which is the first week in April, Vital Options presents Surviving Idol, Young Adults with Cancer Expressing Themselves. This international talent competition will feature young adult survivors at any stage of their cancer journey between the ages of 17 and 40 in vocal, instrumental, and dance categories, with winners in all three categories. The competition will be accepting submissions from young adult survivors worldwide at www.survivingidol.com. Gilda's Club of New York City is looking for teenagers to join their Teen Networking Open House being held Thursday, February 11th from 6 to 7.30 in New York City. For more information, you can call 212-647-9700. And finally, if you are a young adult male who's about to begin treatment and is not sure what to do with fertility, you can get a live-on kit, spur banking by mail from Fertile Hope at liveonkit.com. And on a personal note, Matthew, I just want to send uh, big hugs and kisses out to my friend Karen, who uh, just had a recurrence of her Hodgkin's. And Karen, I'm thinking of you. You're going to kick cancer's ass again. And... Uh, Best, best wishes. you got a whole bunch of us rooting for you. We love you, Karen. And that, my friends, is your Stupid Cancer News. I must say, after over a year, you're getting unnecessarily better at this. And to Thank you, first of all, Maddie. <laughs> and secondly, to quote the great Homer Simpson, who inspires me in all aspects of my life, Don't. I am so smart. S-M-R-T. Don't! 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 Mm-hmm. Don't! Mm-hmm. Don't! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we're done. All righty, let's get to our first Ooh. guest. Nine twenty-two here on the Stupid Cancer Show. In our Survivor Spotlight tonight, Dana Laurie, a high school junior who is battling with a cancer that has less than one hundred and twenty recorded cases in history. I guess if you're going to do something, do it right. After getting a great opportunity, she started her own cosmetic company, which is vegan and carcinogen-free. Instead of powdery mineral makeup with irritants, she created a powder to cream pigment that is multi-purpose. She's also multi-talented and the winner of the Gilda's Club Teen Poetry Contest, Teen Essay Contest. Here to talk to us about all of this fabulous stuff, please welcome... To the Stupid Cancer Show, Dana Laurie. Hello, Dana. Hi, Dana. Dana! Dana! Is she with us? There she is. <laughs> Wake up. I'm awake. Put your homework down. Pay attention. <laughs> Dana, how are you? High school junior. Yep. <laughs> Tell us about it's pituitary carcinoma. Is that right? And less than a 120 recorded cases? That's correct. So when were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed with a tumor in 2006, a pituitary tumor, but I was diagnosed with the cancer after I had surgery in June. Okay. And what kind of, and, and, and follow-up treatment after the surgery? Uh, radiation. <laughs> okay. And this was, and your doctors 
So tell us about this. Is it the 120 recorded cases, how rare this is, and what your doctors had to say about uh, you and your diagnosis? Well, they were very surprised when it, the pathology report came back and it was cancer because only 10% of the tumor was left. And for it to be cancer, we had no idea how that could happen. And, of course, they were very surprised because this is not a normal case. But they, we looked back at MRIs from a year and a half ago, and we found out there was actually another tumor that combined with my current tumor. And, what, and, and, and so what happened to that? that? That tumor that combined with the tumor that um, I had for three years was cancerous. Right. And you said that there was, so you had surgery and you had it removed. Now, did you have any other sort of uh, symptoms? Um, actually, my first symptom was uh, I lost all peripheral vision. Really? And I didn't know, and my dad could sneak up, and I had no idea where he was, even though he was directly next to me. So that was a problem for you? <laughs> yeah. Especially did you have a, I'm sorry. I was really big into the sports at the time. Yeah. Did you have a series of misdiagnoses? Did it take them a while to uh, figure this all out? Nope. Uh, I went for a normal eye checkup, and he said, I think you should go to the ER after two hours of testing. So it, it, first time they got it, this was a pituitary tumor, and then after the surgery they got it again. It was pituitary carcinoma. Oh. So then tell me how a high school junior now sets out with all you've had to go through um, with the illness and uh, just getting through school and daily life as uh, a high schooler to start your own cosmetics company. <laughs> uh, that started, that was the summer of 2008 where I got a great opportunity from a non-for-profit called Nifty, um, Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, and I did not realize how much I could speak. I was very afraid of public speaking before, but I could do it, and pretty well, too. So that is where it all got started. I was into makeup since I was 12, and I didn't really think about my tumor at the time when I started making my makeup. I was just thinking, you know, carcinogens, chemicals, they're all bad for the environment, so why use them? So what did your doctors tell you was a link between cosmetics and uh, your cancer, if anything? They never mentioned that. That was from my research and actually <laughs> finding out the finding the campaign for safe cosmetics. Right. And how about your friends? How uh, easy or difficult has it been to talk to them? I mean, most high schoolers don't go through the experience that you've been through, and to get them to sort of pay attention to these issues, how has that been for you? Well, I have a very small school, which is good because I can talk to my whole grade at one time, and they've been very supportive of my radiation and coming back and getting me back to where I should be. And even though a lot of people don't want to talk to me as much because they, you know, think, I don't know, I'm on a different planet because of the cancer. Yeah. It's it's been a good experience overall. And in terms of the uh the company in terms of the makeup, I mean obviously a lot of girls are into makeup by the time they're in high school. So how is that? Do you have any of your friends working with you or how do you sort of proceed on the business front? Um my school doesn't really take there's not a big role 
for my school, except when I first started, they were trying it out, which was really cool, so they could I could get their feedback. And I really operate, uh, make the makeup, update the website, make the website. Um, but my sister and my mom definitely help if there's ever a, a crunch for orders. So they're really my two people that help me. So you make the makeup yourself? Yep. And uh, what does that take? It's it's very close to cooking. It's not, um, I mean, it does require a little bit of chemistry, but because there are no chemicals, you don't need, you know, high-tech labs and stuff like that because it's not going to go bad. Well, I want to dovetail into, um, into this, this other world that you live in, which is that you are a brilliant writer. And, you know, the irony that we met, you know, before and after with this, with this contest and that you allowed Jack Bufar to ridicule you in public has really vaulted you to a very interesting position in the young adult space. I found your writing to be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you were, you won. You won the contest. And, and talk about just a little bit about what it was like to, to enter this competition. How did you find out about it? And for, for the people out there who didn't get to read your amazing essay, what was the gist of it? Well, I found out about the contest on Twitter, and I actually got an email from Lindsay Fry, and she's like, you're the first to enter, congratulations, <laughs> because I, I really enjoy writing, but I usually only write in my journal, so what I did with the essays, I wrote as if I was writing in my journal, and I guess I write well in my journal, and the gist of the essay was talking about what I was doing at the time, going to the ER, going through radiation, what every other teenager was doing at that time. Well, all right. I, I guess that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what, what are your goals here? I mean, obviously, this, this show is about can lipstick give you cancer, rhetorically speaking, and we live in a world where the Jersey Shore is the most popular show on television, <laughs> setting horrible examples for people your age. Yeah. Um, we, we like to say you shouldn't have to go through cancer to get the reality check of, of what's going on in the world. But what is, what is your message? How do you talk to other people um, about what you're doing and integrate your story without scaring the crap out of them? Yeah, that's, it's usually a problem because I don't want to scare anyone. But I think the easiest thing to do is to go from the eco-friendly approach and to say, these are ingredients that are safe for you and then tie in the cancer part of it saying that chemicals carcinogens they're all tied into the same thing and that way people aren't as scared all of a sudden cancer kind of equates to the eco-conscious movement movement and then i think people get it dana are you thinking picking up on that in a broader sense is your generation and your peers, um, your friends, they're pretty plugged into the whole? I mean, the eco-consciousness, is, it's, it's very much on their brain right now? Yep. Everybody's on board. There's no yeah. resistance there in terms of your friends. Especially because you can't really go into any store without seeing an alternative or sure. some way that they're making themselves more eco-friendly. Right. So that's good. So in terms of uh, from what you see of your generation, the trains left the station and they're all on board. Mm-hmm. You're the most mature high schooler I've ever I was, spoke. I feel like I'm talking to like a know, 35 year old eight, person. Exactly. I was like, you should go on The Apprentice. <laughs> Are you really in high school? <laughs> I am in high school. I'm in my second semester of 11th grade. Wow. 
I was an idiot when I was 16. I can't even. I was <laughs> drooling. I, I, don't I, even, know. I don't even understand how she's so composed. <laughs> I'm drooling now. <laughs> I've, I've been out of high school for like, what, five, six years? Five? Yeah. No, you, you're at a high school education level for the past five or six years. Yeah. Wait, Tell what? Don't, don't give huh? me that. Yeah. Where's Homer when I need him? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. you you, you got to give me advance notice for the cues. Don't! All right, there we go. <laughs> and how are you finding it? Oh, right. But okay. you, and and in terms of your um, so right now in terms of your illness you're 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 done with your radiations that's right yep okay so uh, in terms of the conversation around that you were saying I mean obviously it's you said it's easier to equi- instead of addressing the cancer head on to go the eco friendly route with your cosmetics but um, are things sort of looser now in terms of your friends are they more comfortable in talking to you about what what you went through now in hindsight with it behind you or how has that been for you um. I think people are a little better, not necessarily totally accepting of cancer and what it can do, but I think it's opened a lot of people's eyes that you can get cancer as a teen, that you don't necessarily have to smoke or, you know, do anything that just brings cancer. It can just pop up on you. Sure. Um and I actually missed the second part of your question. That's what happens when you have a brain problem. <laughs> no, that's that's basically it. I'm just wondering. You're how more intelligent than people that don't have brain trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have days like that. I have a life like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we we have to wrap this segment. It's been phenomenal uh, having you here. We, you're welcome to come here. You live in New York. Please come down any Monday you like. We'd love to have you in the show on in studio anytime. We'll give you Amanda seat. We'll give it, yeah. You, you, we're gonna kill we're gonna kill Amanda. Here's we'll the kick thing, her out. Here's the we don't need her. Danny, here's the thing that happens though when you come in studio. Be warned. When Jack says something, he then turns around to the people sitting in the studio to see if they how funny they how wide their smiles are if they're holding in. Their, he plays to the audience within the studio to yeah. see how well the jokes are going over. And there's two people here. And you know there's why? two people here. So if you come in just before one, you may want to skip for that reason. You know why? Because yeah. when I try to play the audience at family functions, I'm always asked to leave. Exactly. I'll just smile the whole time. Fantastic. Now, but, actually, could you please just frown? Yeah. <laughs> Don't, no encouragement. Just if come can, dress like the Joker. If you can do that, please come see us. No, you sound great, and thanks so much and, for and sharing And, and you can't talk between 8 and 9 if you're in the studio. No. And, and what, so what's your website for everyone out there? PurestCosmetics.com. P-U-R-U-S. P-U-R-U-S, PurestCosmetics.com. Dana Laurie, everybody. Thanks, Dana. Take care. Give my best to family. Thank you, Dana. Bye, Dana. All righty. I'm going to uh, see if this will work as our next Q-in. All right, we got a situation. I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet. <laughs> After I have sex with a guy, I will rip their heads off. Speaking of Jersey Shore. Why are we giving the show any more publicity, Matt? Oh, it's because it needs Maddie. to. All right, Stacy, that was your introduction. Cancer-causing chemicals in baby shampoo, researched by the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics, reveals that many popular children's bath products contain formaldehyde. 1,4-dioxane, I'm not a chemist, and other toxic chemicals. Stacey Malcolm, the campaign co-founder and author of the award-winning book, Not Just a Pretty Face, The Ugly Side of the Beauty Industry, will describe the research and her group's ongoing efforts to save the, to give, sorry, the $50 billion cosmetics industry a safety makeover. Returning champion to the show, one of my favorite people to debunk the establishment, Stacey Malcolm. (laughs) 
Welcome to Jersey Shore. Hi, so, thanks for having me. Hi. I had no choice but to play Jersey Shore. Oh, I loved it. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day when they when they announced that um that they're they're coming back season for season two. two. I said in other than the news, tanning salons rejoice. Uh-huh. Right. So which which you know was sort of a. a yeah. For, for all of us to look up to. Exactly, exactly. It's more of the spray tan now <laughs> than the bed. But it, it, yes. does that, let me ask you, does spray tanning count as cosmetics? Sure is that, it does. does that fall under the umbrella of what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. All, all the stuff we smear on our bodies, put in our hair, put on our faces. Unfortunately, lots of it is made from toxic chemicals. I have to say, Matt, having spent nearly four years at the Fox News Channel, I am very afraid of tonight's show. <laughs> TV makeup, you can chisel it off your face. Yeah, I, I, I was on TV a couple of times. Sure. I was on Lifetime Television. I looked like I was uh, like a like a Gollum. Wait, so, okay. they, so, so they put makeup on you guys when you go on TV? Because when I went on TV, they gave me a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have the was... airbrushing when you were on TV where they, they literally yes. spray paint yes. your face? Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah, it was Lots really... of airbrushing. Yeah, and also let, let, maybe we can start and reverse engineer this. What doesn't give you cancer? <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Well, I guess I'll answer that by just saying that I was so impressed with Dana and what she's doing because I think that's the solution and that's the answer right now. And to see young people stepping up to the plate to say, how can we you know, make our own cosmetics or make things that are safe, I just think that's awesome. Um, and I laughed a lot when one of you, I think it was Matthew, said I was an idiot when I was 16, because so was I. And I, some people like Dana really give me hope that the, the next generation is going to, you know, figure out a way out of the mess that we've created. Tell us about that mess. Yeah, <laughs> Let, seriously, tell us what we can. What first of all. Should we just name, name a couple of things that we should absolutely stay away from and some things that we should gravitate towards? Well, what we found in our research at the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics, um, we have, first of all, the Skin Deep database, which is a great um, tool for looking up your favorite products, and you can find out more than you ever wanted to know about what's in them, and that's skindeep at safecosmetics.org. And what we see in that database, about a third of products on the market contain at least one chemical that is linked to cancer, and many of them contain lots of different toxic chemicals. We've also sent a bunch of products um, to laboratories to get them tested, and we've found many, many examples of chemicals that are not listed on labels. Um, so, for example, you mentioned we did a report um, recently called The Toxic Tub, where we looked at children's bath products and baby shampoos, and we tested them for two chemicals, formaldehyde and one for dioxane, those are both known to cause cancer in animals, and they're considered to be probable human carcinogens by the EPA. Well, right. we found both of those chemicals in the majority of the baby shampoos and bubble baths that we looked at, including and the, the products ones, like Johnson's Baby Shampoo. Sure. I was going to say the standard ones that you see on the shelves, like a Johnson, the ones that are really prominent that are out there. These, these are obviously things that you're saying that are not on labels, but you're finding you're finding them when they're tested in labs. Yeah, very common. Um, so, yeah, they're like Mr. Bubble Bath and Sesame Street and Huggies products, lots of them. And the reason is because a lot of these products are using the same cheap industrial chemicals um, and, and, and which have byproducts and contaminants like the formaldehyde and 1,4-dioxane. 
And the companies don't disagree that some of the chemicals in these products are toxic, but they say, well, it's just a little bit, just a little bit of carcinogen in the baby shampoo. Won't hurt anybody. That's their line in a sense. Right, and the, so, right. The, it is a, it is just small levels, but the problem is is that we're finding these chemicals in so many products, and so the exposures are repeated and chronic, and the baby in the tub could be exposed to three or four different products with these same chemicals, with the shampoo and bubble bath and body wash, and then later with the diaper cream and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the exposures are just adding up day after day, and there's and no need for it. We have a question from our our intern Amanda. She actually was very interested in this and is is incredibly invested in the show. I wanted her to ask uh, you this question. Um, well, I read a couple years ago an article that the average woman puts on about 175 chemicals every day, and I know a lot of women are reluctant to make major changes because they've spent a lot of money on their products. Um, so, for those who are just beginning to make changes, uh, what would be the first product that they should discontinue, and what alternatives would you suggest? That's a great question. Um, and I want to point out, too, that it's not just girls. It's also boys. And there was just an article in the New York Times about um, how boys are the new market for the beauty industry and with the body sprays and, the like, the Axe products. I don't know if you guys yeah. know of those. But, um, that they boys get you laid. Like 15, that's what hey they now. say in the ad. Not everyone. My, I suspect it really isn't true. Um, no, of course it's but, not. It's great <laughs> advertising, though. <laughs> right. Um, so when you've got all this whole range of products, I think the best thing to do is really look at what you're using the most and on the most parts of your body, you know, like that body lotion or the shampoo that you use every day. Um, and just looking up some of those products in the Skin Deep database, um, and you'll see that you can also find um, safer alternatives in every product category there. So you can start to see the differences in the brands. Um, and, you know, try out a, a natural shampoo, um, body lotion. I really like the products a lot better when I switched. And I did switch slowly over time, like the, the body lotions and shampoos and eventually the makeup, eventually gave up the hair dye. It took me a long time to go down that path. Um, but I gave up hair dye completely. As well, I did, I did, and now people ask me if I dye my hair dark. <laughs> what about the vegetable dyes? Well, you know, there's henna, which is a natural form of hair dye. It, it's good for reddish colors, but not really other kinds of colors. You know, I think the hair hair dye is a place where the industry needs to do some innovation. It's getting better, but it's still not there yet with the truly safe and effective hair dye or hair relaxers. Um, straighteners is another area, and the perms. All that stuff tends to be pretty toxic chemistry. And Stacy, what what about you mentioned uh, Johnson and Johnson as having these products that are not on the label that aren't good for you? Is there a brand? Not that you're going to go shilling around for different brands here, but maybe you maybe you will. Is there a brand that you could wholeheartedly endorse, like a Burt's Bees, who I think is owned by Clorox now, where you say, you know, I have no qualms about buying Burt's Bees. Is there, is there one brand out there or Tom's or whatever it may be that you guys feel pretty good about? There are some great brands. I would hesitate to say names because with something like a Burt's Bees, they do have some good products, but I would will still look at the labels of their products because I, I wouldn't want to buy everything in that line. Um, some things are better than others. What I look for in products is I think the best advice overall is that simpler is better. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for products with fewer chemicals, with no synthetic fragrance. That's a big one, and you will find synthetic fragrance in a lot of Burt's products. Um, no parabens. That's a chemical that acts like estrogen in the body. 
um, things like sodium lauryl sulfate, PEGs, um, really common chemicals to find on most of these products. Um, so I won't buy it if it has any of those things on it, and that really cuts down the choices quite a lot. Stacy, my wife has a question, which if I don't ask, I'm not going to uh, sleep comfortably tonight. And that, <laughs> I'm going to come okay. up to an angry house. She wanted to know if the risk of all these chemicals is exclusive to any one specific type of cancer, or are they, have they shown to, uh, to basically cause anything that can kill you? Um, I, well, with the different chemicals, they're related to different types of cancer. Um, with with a, a chemical like parabens or that acts like estrogen in the body, the concern is about breast cancer. Um, but there are other types of cancer like hair dyes have been linked um, specifically to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so I, it really depends on the chemical and the product. Um, one thing I would say along those lines is there there are definitely specific populations that we're most concerned about, and that would be um, young children and developing fetuses as well. So I think it's really important for pregnant women to reduce unnecessary chemical exposures whenever possible. You know any pregnant women, <laughs> And you, you mentioned congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but so as a baby is developing or as a child is, is growing up, um, things are happening so rapidly in their body and in chemical exposures at that time can be more problematic. So is it is it dreft, tide-free, or just stinky baby? <laughs> you know, some sometimes they say don't use any products on babies, and sometimes they do stink. I hear about babies, but still try to, like, wa plain water baths or things like that, open the windows. So if we were to go into your medicine chest at home, we would see products. Are, are you mixing your own products? Are you doing a combination of that and buying what's out there on the shelves? Are you able to find everything that you need out there on the shelves? What are you what do you sort of personally uh, abide by? Well, I have a lot fewer products in the makeup bag than I used to when I was like 16, 17. Yeah. Um, but I still use quite a few products a day, like 10 or 12, I think, which is pretty average for women. Um, you know, I've changed out all my products to natural brands. And you do have to look at the labels of natural brands, too, because just because it says natural doesn't mean it doesn't have toxic chemicals. So I really look at the products and also think about which companies I feel good about, which companies I feel like I can trust, which doesn't include any of the mainstream huge corporate brands. I mean, they just are not doing a good enough job. Um, so so you're mainly going to specialty stores to buy the stuff that you like? I mean, not even like a Burt's Bees is in CVS now because, you know, they're sort of everywhere, but you're more going to health food stores and, and specialty shops? I do more go to the natural stores, Whole Foods, Pharmaca, uh, but more and more of the regular drug stores have some, a few choices for good natural products. Sure, um, I'm thinking so, about yeah, that. Yeah, so that's yeah. good. I think it's getting a lot bigger, and, and um, you know, certainly the more we raise awareness and the more people, I think, try the natural brands, we're just going to see that market continue to grow. I have uh, one one final question for you. These, these segments go so quickly, and... Again, we could do like three hours on this without yeah. without a without a break. Uh, is is um, going back to the original, like the automobile industry. The first cars produced by Henry Ford were electric. Most people don't know that. And then it only turned out that because you know petroleum production became profitable, that they stopped using the more economical electricity. 
are, is there a parallel in the cosmetics industry where where it's probably just cheap? It's, it's more expensive to use like legitimate non-chemical based stuff in the chemical industry and the agribusiness and the lobbying just really has cornered everybody to be forced to do this, or is it really all about money? Uh, well, I think it's both of those. You know, we really saw the cosmetics industry boom after World War II, um, which was basically when they figured out how to refine petroleum into synthetic chemicals. And there were all these, you know, new wonder synthetic chemicals that were made into products. And an interesting thing is that many of the products still have the same formulations as they did decades ago. Um, and Johnson's Baby Shampoo has been using the same formula for 50 years. You know, we've learned quite a few things in 50 years about the toxic effects of chemicals, about the vulnerability of children, and also about how to make safer products that work just as well. So I think these companies really need to look at the 21st century and realize that, you know, people want safe, non-toxic stuff, and that's what they need to be making. And we're working on that at the cosmetics campaign to both educate consumers about how to find the safer brands, but also we need to change the laws so that companies are required to do the right thing and make safe products. And uh, there's a website. Your website is safecosmetics.com or .org? .org, safecosmetics.org. Please sign up for our listserv, and we'll tell you all about our great new research and what we have going on with um, legislation. All right, Stacey Malkin, thank you very much thank for being you, on the show. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great night. Good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Take care bye. of yourself. All right, bye-bye. So, Matt, did she totally freak you out about being an overprotective, over, overprotective dad, and you're going to be like... Yes. Good. But thanks for pointing that out again, Jack. I just wanted to make sure that Matt didn't have enough stuff on his mind. All right, our final guest tonight is America's leading natural beauty expert. She is the author of three books on natural beauty. Natural beauty at home, natural beauty for all seasons, and natural beauty for the garden. Coming soon, natural beauty for Jack Buffard. She recently completed She recently completed a book project with her oldest daughter, Lauren, Eco Beauty. Rubs, scrubs, and bath bombs for you and your friends. She writes for several national magazines and her newspapers, including regular columns in Herb Companion and Herb Quarterly magazines. Janice currently lives in Oregon, and we are thrilled to have her. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Janice Cox. Janice. Janice, welcome. Hey. Welcome. You know, you're, you're no longer obligated to make the uh, natural beauty for Jack before it. It was just a suggestion. <laughs> that's too. That's a goal that's impossible to do. I have my we, paper we, we bag. Put Thank you very much. <laughs> my mother should. said I'm special in my own way. Ugh. Well, Janice, you've been listening to the show. You you get the theme of what we're trying to talk about. We have a very educated listenership out there, very green, very forward thinking, um, very open to questioning the establishment, and really wanting to find ways that are practical and affordable to just change their lifestyle for the better and hopefully reduce the risk of more crap happening to them. I think that's a good summation. I uh, love it. I so love wh- it. Why don't you tell us how you got into this sector and, um, you know, some of the – this is very impressive credentials here. T- tell us how you got into this. Well, I think I got into it like a lot of people got into it, necessity. I lived um, someplace – well, growing up where there wasn't um, bath and beauty boutique on on every corner, like, and so um, making my own cosmetic products was some that was cost effective. It was easy, and it was effective. 
um, I grew up, you know, out in the country, and you know, a lot of the uh, recipes and treatments I've used to, came from my mother, my grandmother. In fact, you know, there's a saying: there's no such thing as a new idea, just improved upon ideas. Making your own cosmetic products and natural beauty treatments is something women have done for centuries. Remember Cleopatra bathed in ass's milk and uh, Joan of Arc in wine and the the pilgrims uh, stained their lips with berries. I mean, all through history are our beauty recipes. I think Jack actually still does bathe in ass's milk. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? Oh, my well, cow God. Milk, well, yeah, cow milk will work today. Uh, <laughs> they don't tell me I, don't, I smell like jackass or nothing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I did find some Egyptian recipes, and they were like ostrich eggs and, uh, yeah. Well, Where exactly I guess do you I get those? <laughs> what? Ostrich like, can I just walk into, like, the supermarket and say, like, I need some ostrich eggs? They sell them Whole Foods, dude. <laughs> Australia? Actually, yeah. probably today you can because ostriches and emu are, are raised all over the country. So well, you, you probably could find it in Whole they're, Foods. They're big so, in Australia. You'd have to travel quite a way. That's right. That's dinner. right. Yeah. Or online. So, Jennifer, <laughs> help me with with this. I'm thinking about if you compare it to, say, cleansing products in your home. I have a lot of seventh generation and simple green products. But you know what? Sometimes the lemon pledge just cleans better than anything that I've found that's better for me. How much do you come up against that and people saying, I mean, you know, it, you know, it still does I, happen where you just think, you know, dang, I just, <laughs> this stuff is crap, but it works a little bit better than what's out there that's, that's healthy. Well, I, no, I understand what you're saying, and I really think it is, a, cosmetics are something that is a matter per, of personal choice. You know, I know women that um, clean their face with Crisco, and I know women that spend, you know, $1,200 on very expensive department store brands, you know, that what's the one, creme de la mer, isn't that the most expensive cream you can buy? And Probably they both feel good about themselves. Right. So it really is kind of um, the stuff that you can get in your kitchen cupboards will work as well as the commercial brands, but it's going to be how you feel. About it. And there is a little bit of difference. I mean, the foaming, the, the colors, the creaminess of the... It, you know, are a little different. The home-based things aren't as maybe pleasing as some of the commercial brands. Does so that make think, sense? Okay, so you think basically when it comes to beauty products, though, not household products, across yeah. the board, you 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 seem to think that they do work as well, but that maybe the process of they don't lather up or things that you might expect from those other commercial products, that's not there and it just takes an adjustment in terms of what they're like to work with, to use? Exactly, exactly. It is a matter of personal choice. And, you know, I, I usually say if there's a product that you use and you're happy with that, great. But if you also could find a home uh, treatment that will work equally well, I mean, I'm not really advocating anti-commercial products because there's a lot of great commercial products out there. But there's also a lot of um, things you can do at home just using common kitchen and uh, ingredients in your bathroom cupboards. You know, home beauty is very cost-effective, and it also has amazing results. Uh, and it's uh, simpler, and, you know, sometimes less is more, especially when you're dealing with, as you are, a lot of your um, listeners have had cancer or, no, you know, or related to people with cancer, and you really want to be careful on what you're using on your skin hair, and you need very gentle, um, natural 
you know, very not very complicated formulas. Does that make sense? Sure. And so, why don't you ask us to? I mean, why don't you why don't you tell us to practically, if you could name the top five ingredients that you should have in your home that would work, say as a skin cleanser or hair cleanser or something that. Um, do you have five that you could recommend? Yes, basic safe products that everybody should have. Yes, I do. I, baking soda is one we can all use. You can use baking soda head to toe. I mean, people use that in place of deodorants. They use that as body powders in the bath as uh, to soothe skin, your skin. Um, it, they use it as a cleansing for your hair. Uh, it, it can be used as a very good cleansing rinse to get, um, especially a lot of salons will even tell you to use a baking soda rinse before you come in and have a treatment because it gets your it, it gets your hair so clean. People use it as a cleanser for your skin, as your face. It can have direct even, contact on you know, your body. There's the, yeah. What's that? You can direct. You're just talking direct contact, just ba- contact, just baking soda yeah, just and water, like and just like anything else. Yeah. Yes, like anything else, you can mix it if you want to mix it with your favorite cleanser to kind of boost its power, or you can just mix it with water alone. We all know the classic ones. If you got stung by an insect or a bee, you know, to put baking soda on it because it is an alkali and it will, you know, neutralize the acid mm-hmm. in the thing. But baking soda is a very good head-to-toe cleanser and deodorizer. You know, also honey. Honey is very good head to toe. You can use it as a hair conditioner. You can use it as a facial mask. People with um, oh, ac- uh, oh, troubled skin or acne mm-hmm. like using honey because it has such high antibacterial properties. It's great in the bath. It will make your skin very uh, soft and smooth. And it's um, pretty much not the only people that is if you got maybe wild honey and you were, had a lot of um, allergies to a certain plant and that honey was made for the plant, I would maybe check with my doctor first, but honey is pretty much non-allergenic. Okay. So baking soda, honey? Baking soda, honey. Uh, Eggs are another one that a lot of people use in place of shampoo. They use eggs as a facial mask. A lot of people use facial masks once or every other week to really deep cleanse your skin and it's gentle. Uh, you know, the classic egg mask, uh, the whites are very astringent and drying, so if you have very oily skin, you can just use the whites. The yolks are very um, full of a lot of natural lecithin and oil and protein, so dry skin benefits from that. Normal skin, right. you know, use both of them. And eggs um, are also good. Uh, you know, some people use them in the bath, but then I would rinse. But yeah. uh, milk is another one. You know, milk is soothing to your skin and is a good cleanser. Oatmeal is very good. Oats, uh, people use that can't use soap. They will, like, grind up your uh, oats in, like, a food processor or a coffee grinder and use that with a little water as a cleanser. Right. It's also soothing. What about Lucky you. Charms? <laughs> well, I, I, don't I have know. a question. I have corn, never, you know, what, Lucky Charms, I don't know. You can try pop. it. Raisin bran. <laughs> it's a little too processed, I okay, think. Okay, so I have a question. I want to make sure I get the order correct. So tomorrow morning okay. when, when I go to shower, I need to put baking soda. I mean, I have to pour honey all over myself, douse myself in baking soda, break eggs all over myself, pour milk on top of that, and then smother myself in oats. I, bet, yes. I, I think we should just tar and feather you, quite I'm, honestly. Dude, I cannot, I'm, as soon as I get home, I'm going to hit up the grocery store. I'm going to buy all this stuff. <laughs> and then I'm going to cleanse myself. You're make a you might already have it at home. That's what's nice about home beauty is you don't have to run to the store. Now, you, do I use water? Or you have everything already at home. No, you don't rinse it off. Oh, you just wipe it off. No, no, no. No, everything rinses off. You do rinse. It's honey, bacon soda, eggs, milk, oats, and then my clothing. 
No, you do rinse. The good thing is everything rinses off very well. You know, Matt, actually, we could also just egg Jack when he comes into the studio. (laughs) I like that idea better. Yeah, I'm all for that. For glowing skin. So if I egg somebody's house, I'd be like, sorry, I just saw some dirt on it. It was the Windex Patrol. I love it. So can 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 I clean myself with the moons over my hammy? <laughs> yeah, Denny's for go Denny's. I just be like, uh, excuse me, I'd like my breakfast over to the restroom because I need to cleanse myself. You know, actually, I, I'm in a hotel right now, and there's a lot of things you can do. You can save the sugar packets; those make great. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, scrubs. Tea bags make refreshing baths. You can hang the tea bags under your spigot while you fill your tub. I mean, there's a lot of things that, yeah, if you're eating out or after breakfast, yeah, save that cooked oatmeal, save the extra egg, save the half a banana. We like that. You're still a proponent of stealing as much as possible from hotels. <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> that's that's great. Sugar packets. It's like my grandma would would, never, would leave with like 90 packets of sweet and low. I pity the Not cleaning sweet woman. Low. That we gets, don't want the sweet and low. I pity the cleaning woman that has to clean the room that I stay in at the next hotel. <laughs> okay, we don't even want to. Janice, let me ask that's you a question. That's a whole other topic. I used to work in advertising. I don't regret those days, but the, the purpose of advertising is to sell Useless stuff to stupid people, and a lot of which I have in my own home. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, actually, you bring up a good point because a lot of people wonder why, like even your other guest was talking about um, the advertising and manufacturing and the use of chemicals in products, and that is, that's a lot of the cost of a product is the advertising. Is that what you're going to say? And Right, um, it, it raises the cost, but it's also like you know the advertising world is getting slicker and smarter to the you know to the to the the um, more intelligent consumer of today. You know they were I mean just think about cigarette commercials in the fifties. You know the, with the Flintstones, but today they're renaming things natural and organic and what whatever it is, and it's all BS. They're just putting slapping names on things, and and that's really we do this thing in October with the um, with the breast cancer action group. Because they charge a lot of the cosmetics companies who pander toward the pink and raise awareness for breast cancer because their cosmetics actually have cancer-causing toxins in them. It's a hypocrisy, and it, it ties right into this notion of, like, yeah, why is it so expensive? Because they have, have to advertise for it, but would it be cheaper for them to go organic, or would organic even matter because it doesn't have to be, and they could just say it is? Well, and you're right. Right now, the FDA... Everything, there's no regulations on what's natural. You can call anything natural. Arsenic is natural. Yeah, well, and everything's a chemical, too. We're made up of chemicals. So people that say, I don't want any chemicals, well, that's not necessarily true because you do want chemicals. Water is a chemical. Can't drink water, yeah. (laughs) Right, and then natural. Right, and natural is can be anything. So you really do have to be a smarter consumer. Mm. The way a lot of companies even get around, you, is they use Latin names for ingredients. A lot of times I'll see bath salts in the department stores, but they say that sodium chloride and uh, magnesium sulfate, well, those are natural ingredients, but they use the chemical or the Latin names. Uh, I think vitamin E, I don't say it right, is like t- tosopherol, and you know vitamin C is a absorbic acid. So you really do have to almost become a smarter consumer or Google everything on your <laughs> the ingredient list. You know, I say when you're buying something, look at the ingredient list, and when you make things, it will make you a better consumer because you will look 
for ingredients that you're used to using at home. And, you know, the way things are listed on a package, the first thing is the highest concentrate. So if something says water or oil, that is the highest percentage in that, and then it goes down from there. And less is more. So less ingredients is better, and more natural-sounding or ingredients are better. You just don't want I, – I say my definition is natural is as found in nature, you know, and chemicals that are found in nature. I don't know if the government would agree with that, though, because they'll let you say everything's natural, everything's light, everything's – Right, and to that point, let's go to the basic question, which I think still confuses a lot of people out there, the difference between a label that says natural and one that says organic. Can you well? I think what there's you know, again, there's really no difference um, by definition of law. I guess you can call it that. What the manufacturer I think is meaning is organic. Isn't that that it has less chemicals, or it was the way that the ingredients were grown that they were grown in environment without pesticides and right? Uh, art, they were grown in a natural environment, but it, again, it's very loose. Right, but natural, as you were saying before, can be a broad spectrum of things that... Right. I think natural is broader than organic, but organic still is, there's some gray area in that. Well, what's the opposite of natural? Artificial, right? Right, synthetic. Synthetic, artificial, um, you know, dyes, colors, synthetic fragrance. um. Like a yellow cheese doodle is not natural. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Those don't grow on trees. Right. So, I like mean, in cosmetics, yeah, problems. Jackson's right. Like in cosmetic, it would be a lot of things that have like the the bright colors or the gl- body glitter or you know things that obviously are not coming from nature. Should I cue up the Jersey Shore theme song again? They're role models to no one. <laughs> so, well, Janice, just wrapping up here. I mean, we're obviously. I love doing shows on this because it's just, it's always so enlightening to have people come out and tear the in, the industry a new one because they're just not getting it. But my, I guess my question is, and uh, my esteemed colleague Lisa also mentioned, you know, that companies like S.C. Johnson Wax are you know, Jack doesn't count. They're 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 naming their things. You know, this Green Works now or whatever. Is it just a ruse to make us think that this is a little better than Windex, or is there actually some some genuineness? In this, and if you read the ingredients, they are closer to being better. Or should you just really just shake olive oil and lemon juice in a jar? You know, I think that's there's definitely money to be made being eco-friendly and green. So those are the hot buzzwords, and to be, you know, just like how what was it not that long ago everything was light. Well, now everything's natural. So. Um, but I think they are trying because people are getting smarter. There's shows like yours. There's books out. There's web. The Internet has done great things for educating people because now we can just type in ingredients or type in products and instantly. So I think people are getting away with less. So we're smarter, so it's making the companies be better. And how do you bring – uh, Matt mentioned that you were working with your daughter and your kids – What's the best need for, for folks out there that have young children? What's the easiest and kind of best way to get the young generation on board with all of this? Well, I think it's thing that's gone on for uh, years. I mean, you, you teach your kids good grooming basics and, you know, how to wash their face, brush their teeth. And, and so you teach them doing this in a, a safe, natural way using um, 
good products for them. I mean, they, if they grow up doing that, you know, your mother was right. Wash your face before you go to bed. Brush your teeth. You know, you grow up with those ba- those beauty basics, which are really for everyone. Good, it, you'll they'll grow up being better. And then you also teaching them about chemicals and reading labels. And maybe just make it fun for them in the kitchen in terms of mixing right. all this stuff together. Make it fun. You know, my daughters, they used to have, you know, spa-style birthday parties when they were young and make bubble baths as gifts for their friends or at Christmas time, you know, we'd make soaps or, you know, just grow up making things and reading labels. You know, they went on a lot of their, we'd call it a field trip, but we'd go to the store and look for products and read labels and you know, but not everybody's going to do that. I'm a little over the top. I'm, I'm so looking. I, sorry, I'm, I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking forward to when one of my children grow up to um, rolling them in egg, milk, and oats, <laughs> and then frying them up in a pan. But yeah, but that is something. You know, if I remember, my grandmother used to make us lay down on the bed and use witch hazel pads on our, our eyes. You know, now I know she did that to keep us still for 20 minutes. But <laughs> that was very exciting. And, you know, and when we would be stuck in traffic, she'd give us an emery board and tell us to file our nails. And she, I got a lot of my, you know, love of beauty products, beauty treatments, cosmetics from my grandmother because she just kind of passed that on. Well, there you go. Yep. I have one so. final question. Um, and this is more of a, of a, a personal interest, but I, it's something that I brought up. <laughs> Glycerin soap. Pro or con? Mm, you know, glycerin is a byproduct of the soap making industry. Of um, you know, when so I would say I'm pro for vegetable glycerin. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's I think me. some people. I know it's just like petroleum. It's products. You know, that's another kind of controversial thing. But glycerin soap. I think if it's there's some good vegetable based glycerin, and if it's natural glycerin that is the byproduct of, you know, making your soap. Yeah, I have, you know, like my daughter at their school, they have a biodiesel club, and, you know, glycerin is a byproduct of that when they make the, the fuel out of the French fry oil from the cafeteria. Fancy. Well, now they hungry. Make, yeah, well, now they're making soap out of that glycerin. Well, there you go. So, so what's the bad there you glycerin? Go. What? What's the bad glycerin? I think that there's bad glycerin that comes from the from using bad oil, like petroleum. Isn't that what you're saying, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know there was vegetable glycerin until you just said that. So yeah, the go. vegetable glycerin is good. It's the petroleum glycerin. Is that what you know? Yeah. Got it. Right. <laughs> but there is good glycerin because it's a byproduct of soap making or uh, and like this biodiesel. That's what the biodiesel groups, they have all this leftover glycerin. So they're they're kind of starting a whole soap making industry. Cool. Sounds like I need another. I don't know. Maybe that's food. a new yeah. show. <laughs> it's glycerin on the stupid kids. <laughs> I'm just getting hungry thinking about my bath. No, you mentioned the French fries and Jack's drooling. <laughs> well, Janice, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Like I said, we do this like at least once a quarter. We'd love to have you back to talk about what's new and how people can be less stupid and and take take on the industry and shut down the man. Good I think stuff. that's good, and I think people are less stupid. I really do think they are. No, I agree. I, I give. I, I I like to say that a person is smart, but people are stupid. But I think people are getting smarter. <laughs> Wait, say that one more time. A person is smart, but Jack is stupid, and people are getting smarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs> we will have a spa day here with Jack, and we'll report back to you, Janice. We'll All right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Let me All know right. if you need recipes. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, we will. Enjoy Oregon, Janice. Janice Cox, everybody, take Thanks, care Janice. of yourself. Oh, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
All right, I feel like I need to take a torch to my house again. <laughs> my wife, your is wife frantic. said that in the chat room. Yeah, which we just did. We literally just I went through the closet. I got rid of like the Noxon, and I got rid of the silver polish. All this junk that we didn't need in there. Not good. And enough, we got all the yeah. seventh generation and the green works and the whatever. And yeah. the, glycer, the, the perceived well good glycerin soap, which is now causing <laughs> my horrible things to happen inside me again. Yeah, we got to start from scratch. We got to start from scratch. Matter. Burn the house down and right. just start over from scratch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Well, this is a great show. And we haven't yeah. even gotten to an upcoming show where we'll talk about stuff that you build your home with. I mean, formaldehyde was mentioned, and that's yeah, we, all we, over your house. We have a show coming up bad. soon about how real estate is the cure in terms of how you can green your house and green your business to reduce the risk of having bad things happen. Although, as I like to say, what good is eating kale if you breathe L.A. smog every day? Right. Well. And then someone who spends, like, you know, $80 million to, like, make their home green gets hit by a car as they're walking out, you know. To <laughs> okay, the, thank you. <laughs> or $27,000 on a suitcase. Every little yeah. bit you can do helps. We're not going to talk about people getting hit by cars. All right, well. And kale tasty. Kale can be prepared in a very nice, delicious way. With eggs and milk and honey and oats. Right. Exactly. Fantastic. Chocolate covered. Just what Jack likes it. <laughs> Good enough to eat. Exactly. All right, folks. I'm really, really glad. I'm really, really glad we did this show. Thank you, guys. And thank you out there to our listeners. It's 1013. It's time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, folks. That's tonight's show. I hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. I'd like to thank our guests, Dana Laurie, Stacey Malkin, Janice Cox, Live in the studio, Amanda Freeman and her friend Claire. We're Jack Bard. What? No? no I did I'm not touch her. Shout out. Oh. I didn't touch her. Okay. <laughs> That's a good Next week's show, Calgon, Take Me Away with Cancer Retreats for Young Adults. In our spotlight, Emily Hobson, Young Adult Survivor of Ewing Sarcoma. Dr. Stu Kaplan from Can't Make a Dream, and the one and only Brad Ludden from First Descent. But only if Calzon is safe, and we'll get back to you about that. Glycerin for the cure. If you've missed any of our previous shows, check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com or subscribe to our podcast at itunes.i2y.com. Remember, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week, my friends, live from the chemo deck, Jack Buford. Lisa Bernard, Amanda Freeman, Captain Stooping and I wish you all a great week. Go to bed, Dory. Fucker out. Friendly show.